Today's episode is brought to you by Sadie Harper of Southern Ambition. It feels like years ago, but it was only a couple months. When COVID hit, every single business in the world was sending out emails and was like, coaches here and people here are like, if you don't do this, your business is going to fail. If you don't, you know, do this or you have to do this or I was literally saying like, you're going to go out of business in a couple weeks if you don't make these big changes. And between that and the stress of what was going on in the world and the kids being home and homeschooling, like it just got to the point that it was so much. I said, I don't want Ben Raleigh to just be another one of those voices that's trying to tell you what you need to do in order to succeed. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, hello. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is the Girls Who Do Stuff. It is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today we have the lovely Amber Foster Smith of, I would say Amber Foster Smith Photography and Ben Raleigh. And now there's the Studio 557. Yes. I got it. Oh, I haven't even heard about the studio yet. (laughs) Oh, man. Girls who do stuff, let me tell you, this girl is doing way too much stuff in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) We we joked back in December, I sat down with my husband and I said, you guys, 2020 is going to be insane, but it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And if we make it to the end of 2020, it's going to be fabulous. And then 2020 came and I said, I didn't realize I was up for this big of a challenge. Yeah, (laughs) I know. She was like, 2020, hold my beer. (laughs) I'm going to oh, yeah. really show you what I can do. You came back with a keg. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I am the owner of Amber Foster Smith Photography. That's how I started my entrepreneurship journey. Four years ago, we opened the studio Holly Springs in downtown Holly Springs, which was my personal studio, but we opened it up as a co-working space for creatives. And then this past year, I am now the leader and owner of Ben Raleigh, which I've been a part of them for about six years. And then just last week, we made the big announcement that my current studio is moving over to the block on Main this fall, which I'm super excited about. So it is called the Studio 557. We've She's like my on. hometown girl where I'm yeah. like right across like my brick and mortar is right literally across yeah. the street from her. And yep. I'm like, hey, wave from the window. Yep. I know, right? <laughs> it's very exciting for those listening that are not in the Triangle region. So Holly Springs is a town kind of southwest of Raleigh and well not kind of it is southwest of Raleigh and <laughs> like there's no kind of about it if you look at a map that's where it is the downtown area has, has over the last few years being built up and they've put these giant giant development projects of the block on Main and the town hall town commons mm-hmm. town, yep. that's what it is so now it's like walkable and like a legit downtown mm-hmm. whereas before because I've been there since 09 mm-hmm. and it was nothing it's very, no, it is. It's, it's totally nice. Stars Hollow. I'm like, look, now I'm in my Stars Hollow walking around. <laughs> Where's Kirk? Kirk, where are you? <laughs> okay. What Amber is is doing is bringing, there's like, so there's a big co-working space that's going to be in the block on Main, and you're taking over the top half of it, the upstairs? Yeah, so 
We're actually two different projects. You have the co-working station, which is currently already in downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, They are moving into the second floor on the front side of the block on Main. And then we are actually, we're a separate um, company completely. We are upstairs on the third floor on the back side on Avonbury. The funny story of how that actually went was when we opened up our studio, the co-working space had already been open for about a year. And we always joked because we were across the parking lot from each other because our current space where they're at and our current space where we're at where literally we can see each other out the window but it was always really cool because what we did was offered something that was geared more towards creatives we offered the studio shooting space for the photographers the videographers and they focus mainly on like desk space and such so when we actually looked at expanding we jokingly said, well, there's no reason going into the block because the co-working station is going to be there. But after talking to a handful of people, they said, no, 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 definitely call up the Harold brothers and talk to them. And after one meeting, it was pretty evident that not only was it going to be something that would be complementary to each other, but not only like our clients, but also for ourselves as well, because they have a lot of stuff that's going into their space that we don't and vice versa. Mm-hmm. One of our spaces we're technically taking to one of them is a thousand, about a thousand square feet. that will just be wide open studio space. So it'll be not only for photographers, videographers to come shoot, but we're also going to be doing classes and workshops out of that space and the co-working station down the hall and down the stairs. They don't have quite as big of a space, but then they offer closed off offices, which we don't. So it's really complimentary in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love collaboration. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. I just had this conversation with my husband yesterday because somebody that he does business with, they said to him, yeah, I can't wait to take her down. And I was just like, what? What the fuck? My brain doesn't even (laughs) like compute that. Who says those things? Like it doesn't even occur to me of like, oh, I want to be the one to take her down and my business is going to be up here and hers is going to be. Well, that's like like, like, let me knock them down a peg or whatever. Believe me, there's some people that in the back of my head, I'm like, I would love to squash you like a little bug. But... In real life, right? Like, that's just the momentary, like, that's the reactivity, right? And then I have to look at where that comes from. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because in my private thoughts that nobody else hears, (laughs) there are the... Stay in your mind. There are the bugs that need to be squashed. However, it doesn't work in the like that that's not how you get ahead is it I mean I think it's how you can get ahead momentarily but I don't think that that creates sustainable success because it eventually it's like the mask comes off and like Pandora's box is open and then people are like oh you're the one who wants to take people out not continue to help build people up how long does it take to get to that point of insustainability right because you you see that there are people who do get ahead by stepping on the heads of others, <laughs> right? There are a lot of people who do that. But So like what... Has that ever happened to you, Amber? What, people trying to step on toes? <laughs> um, like squash you like a bug to Or get step ahead. On, on you to get over you. Yeah, instead <laughs> of like... Good question. No, not that I can like, not that I can absolutely say, oh my gosh, there was this one time when, but I think that's always because I've always come at it from a place. I don't see, I don't see true competition head to head where somebody is exactly the same, where you have to compete against each other. Right. Um, being a photographer, there's a million of us out there. And as the years go by and digital cameras get easier to handle and 
phones get better cameras, everybody thinks they're a professional photographer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting because the barrier to entry to become a photographer is essentially so low that there's a lot of us out there and there is a lot of competition and a lot of people will literally look at what the person next to him is doing and try and do it the same, but cheaper. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, that's, that's not sustainable for a long-term business. I've always said that even when somebody offers the same services as me, or even has a similar style than me or whatever that is, like there's one thing that that business doesn't have and And that's that's me. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes our businesses different, especially as a solo entrepreneur is that you are your secret sauce to your business. Like that's the bottom line. That's why most of the time where people will come to you, especially when you have a business that's a service that's similar to somebody else's. Somebody's going to come to you because they connect with you. They connect with the purpose and the meaning behind your business. And so I think when you go out with that attitude, maybe I've never had anybody like directly step on my toes, but I don't know how I would feel about all that. Right. <laughs> right. Does it make you think about like challenge me per se, I guess you could say. Right. right. But right. I wonder if there's like people like waiting in the wings, right? They were like, <laughs> Well, that and I don't answer. think people but do it overtly. No, like it's I don't think all they do either. Like that was a one-off liner to my right. husband during a conversation and his spidey senses went, you right. Know? <laughs> like, right. Well, and I remember like, I don't, I don't know how old I was, but it was in, at some point in adulthood. And I think it was, I don't remember if it was before or after I was finished with grad school, but I remember somebody saying to me, like, do you know that you're intimidating? And I was like, I don't know what. No, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> me? I'm like, do you know what goes on in my head? Like, how can I be intimidating? Right? Like, but it was that calling awareness to like the fact that as women, especially like when you're driven, when you're assertive, when you're outspoken, mm-hmm. when you're look like you have your shit together. Yeah. When you have grounded confidence. Right. Right. That yeah. you can come off, even if that's totally fake and you don't feel that confident. Right. Right. <laughs> But you come off as intimidating. Asked me, they're like, how do you deal with people when they think that you're too much? And I'm like, wait, you think I'm too much? Like, what is that supposed to mean? (laughs) And then there's me that's like, I am totally too much for people. And I get that. And those are not my people. (laughs) There are some people. Because I smile a lot. Is that because I like to talk? Is that because I like to share? Is that, I don't know. What is it? (laughs) Right. I think we have to own our extra. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. I'm yeah. good. I'm owning my extra right here. I know. Right below like, the hips, y'all. Just... <laughs> That's actually a Glennon Doyle quote from Love Warrior, that you will be too much for some people, yep. and those are not your people. And have either of you read Untamed yet? I can't find it. I want what? it. Because I don't want to wait 20 weeks on Amazon. I oh. want it now. Okay. I will admit to you, I am not a reader. Like I enjoy reading, but my problem is there's so much going on in my brain. I have a hard time shutting it off. Yep. Uh, so the idea of sitting down with a book and literally pushing everything out of my brain to read text is just, yeah. <laughs> so we joke, I read a couple books a year, but it's within the one week that I'm on vacation on the yes. beach. That's me, me too, and- girl. Yep. Yep. You're not alone in that. I no. joke all the time because Jenny reads and I'm like, y'all, I don't read like that. I'm like, I watch reality you guys TV are shows. so funny. So like <laughs> I listen to audibles. I do read. I read a lot, but I read in like snippets. And it was funny because when I was pregnant with Nicholas, I, I was the girl that always had a book. Like I never left home without a book and I would be reading multiples. There'd be multiples on my bedside. I was that girl. 
And then I got pregnant with my first child and I no longer wanted to read anything. And it was a very odd sensation. Why? Why? I didn't, I didn't, I was tired. I didn't have the, (laughs) I was very tired. I didn't have the attention span uh, that I had before. Like pregnancy hormones fucks with everything. Right. Like, let's just be real. And then I also, like, I loved reading like mysteries and thrillers. I didn't want to read anything like scary. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I didn't want to read anything that had to do with kids. I didn't want to read, like, I needed no my lonely bones to be, for you. No lovely bones. A for lovely me. bones. Sorry. And it's funny because I couldn't understand when that book came out. My sister's daughter, my niece, was just around the same age as the main character. My sister bit, couldn't make it through the first chapter, and I was like, "Oh my god, it was such a good book! I can't believe you didn't read it." Blah blah. blah. And then becoming a mother, I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I get that now." But yeah, so I'm like, when I actually sit and read fiction novels now it is when I'm on vacation and I will get a we didn't do it this year but when I go to our our usual beach vacation in Delaware I get a a membership to the library it's $25 for the out-of-state library membership and I read nonstop for the few weeks that we go a year and it's worth it because then I mean think about it you can go buy a hardcover book for like 25 bucks yep Mm-hmm. And I'm supporting a local library. It makes me feel good. And yes, yes. <laughs> but that's what. I, and I read nonstop for like the week that we're there, and then I'll do it again the next week that we're there, and whatever. But otherwise, it's like all nonfiction, personal development, professional knowledge, technical stuff on photography and lighting, and what's new technology here, and what's new entrepreneur there. And do you find Amber? Does this happen to you? Because we're in the same boat. That. Sometimes you get shamed for not reading personal, like professional development books. And it's like, well, have you read, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and I'm like, no. I go, let me add it to my Audible with my other (laughs) list of like 30,000 books. I guess there is, like, I enjoy reading when I do. But at the same time, like, I've never been, maybe when I was younger, obviously. Uh, Fiction was good stuff. But for me, I feel like... With every single day that I have, I have to be so intentional with every single second. And even when I'm resting, my brain is still going. Mm-hmm. So I love, I don't like the term self-help books, right. but you know, like the books that help you look inwards and help yep. yourself. That's a self-help book, whatever. Like you would thing. love Glennon then. Yeah. You would Glennon's love Glennon. amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, I only read like two or three oh, You know people. what else she would love is Elizabeth Gilbert. Big magic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So that one's been on the list for a very long time. <laughs> I have it. I'll drop it off at the, cool. I'll drop it's it off for you to read. So I was talking to my hairstylist the other day and she was doing this challenge where she's going like 75 days and it's, it's like a whole body mind, mental wellness, physical wellness thing. When she was talking about books and I was like, Oh, so I read this one book the last year when I was at the beach for the week. Oh, and then I read the one before that, the, the year before that. At the yes. beach. I'm, like, I'm still sitting on my shelf. Yes. <laughs> I think yes. it's like, as we, yeah, as we juggle the things, right. Cause there's a difference between like mommying and parenting in my mind. Yes. I don't know about yes. Agreed. The, but, yeah. um, and then like being business owners and being community leaders and doing like, we're juggling so many things that when it is time to like downtime, I'm like, binge me some Netflix and give me some yes. candy crush. Yes. And then I will literally just fall asleep doing both. I'll get 15 minutes into an office episode and like wake up holding my phone and. Well, and honestly, that's going to be my main question for you, Amber, is how do you do all that you do? Because essentially you have three 
Mm-hmm. At least three businesses. Three businesses. You also volunteer with Lanchali Springs. You're a mentor. She's a mentor. Oh, yeah. yeah. For one of our cohort. Yes. If I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of the listener, and I, my first question would be, how the hell are you doing all of this? How right. legit, <laughs> like your day, how are you doing this? Check back with me at the end of 2020. Like I said, we'll see if I survive. (laughs) Yeah. So the idea behind everything was, let me kind of like back it up a little bit. When I started off in photography, like most photographers, I did families and then families, mom ended up getting pregnant and then we did maternity pictures and then there were newborn pictures and I learned very quickly, I don't like the squishy babies and the pose things. I don't do those. No, Mm -hmm. not happening. Um, but there's as a photographer when you start off doing things like families you follow that family and you do a lot of different things for them and then I kind of found a love for weddings and weddings to me were a lot of fun because it was your event photography but then you also had some photojournalism in there Mm -hmm. you had portraits in there doing detail shots was like product shots. So it was a lot of the different types of photography that I liked that checked off all the boxes. So I loved wedding photography, but as a mom of two kids, like, let's be honest, I couldn't give up all of my weekends all the time. My husband works in restaurants and has been managing restaurants for 20 years. And like, he works insane hours. He second shoots with me. He's an amazing photographer, but we couldn't give up all of our weekends. So something's got to change, but I love so many different types of photography. How do you bring these all together? And then over the years, I started working more and more with small businesses. I did a mastermind for women-owned entrepreneurs in Holly Springs a couple of years back. And to me, that was life-changing, like literally sitting down and having these conversations with these women where if you lay it all out on the table, everything just kind of comes together and clicks if you're willing to be vulnerable and work towards it. Yeah. So that kind of stemmed off this idea of like, oh wait, I could use my photography to help them, which is when we started the shift to doing more branding photography and working with small businesses. And that was just, it came from a love of like, I want to be able to help small businesses. I want to be able to still do my photography and I can do product photography and I can still do portraits and I can still do events. And it was this duh aha moment for me because I graduated with a degree in brand management marketing. Like that's how it all made sense. My photography was kind of all over the place until I stopped and said, I've got to find a way to make this all work together. And then as the years went by too, I had the studio that we were working with. And then we looked at going bigger with the studio because we had outgrown a space. And then the opportunity for Ben Raleigh came up. And once the opportunity for Ben Raleigh came up, when I talked to Carrie Heisey, the original owner, I said, girl, you're crazy. And she goes, well, think about it. And when I did, it was like, no, wait, this is how everything ties together. Mm-hmm. I can support the small business community and the female entrepreneurs through Ben Raleigh. I can give them a space to grow their businesses and have a place to call home with the studio. And then I can still serve them while doing my photography. It was taking these three completely different concepts and finding a way to make them all work together so that I'm not running necessarily three completely separate entities because they all mix and mingle in between. So that's the one thing that I've found is that in order to figure out how to do it all, you have to figure out, What's the most important thing to you? What fills your soul? What makes you happy? And then figure out a way to make it work. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like what you said was that it matched, like it 
got to that point where it aligned with your life vision. And the Mm. life vision includes motherhood and being a wife and family time. And before the wedding stuff didn't line up with your life vision. This way it's all in alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your skill set, your life vision, your spiritual vision of helping other business owners, female business owners, things like that. So that's when the magic happens. That is when the magic happens. Because like when the announcement came out and like, Amber and I didn't like run in similar circles or whatever. But like when the announcement came for Van Raleigh. Let's pause for a second. Explain what Van Raleigh is for people who don't know because it's an amazing organization and it'll lay the groundwork for what it is. Go ahead and Amber, tell us what Van Raleigh is. Yeah. So Ben Raleigh started about eight years ago as a community for mom entrepreneurs and then kind of grew and evolved over the years. And now we are a female focused network and education community that basically what we do when COVID isn't around, that's a whole nother story. But what we do is we love to have hold classes and education and just be a support for women in business, not only for their business, but them for them personally as well. When I first started my business in Holly Springs, I heard of Van Raleigh and went to Illuminate, the their big yeah. conference they had. And it was one of the best. Like I was like, oh, like I had a notepad writing down all these notes because it is that great foundational work for female business owners. Yeah. So. The first Van Raleigh experience I had was actually just not last year, but the year before I went to the sip, the holiday sipping shop. Yeah. And like that was I was like, oh, this is. No, that was at the maintenance. The maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was just one of those things that like, I, this entrepreneurial thing has just been so like roller coaster all over. I don't even, I can't even call it a roller coaster. Like it's been like that map where they show you of like how to do the RV trip of the U S and it goes like, and it's like, nothing is direct. Like that's my life. So up down all around, right? Like you just go, just pick a point to start and you'll eventually get there. But so like, you don't know as an, especially as a female entrepreneur, I feel like there's so many, like there's the the stuff for everyone and then there's the stuff for women and you don't know like where are you going to find alignment and what's going to be a great fit for you. So you just kind of float around until you figure it out. And yeah. then, but like when the announcement for Ven Raleigh came out and I saw, I was like, oh, Amber is doing this. And I knew enough about her business yeah. that, that to me, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so Sarah asking, and I'm like, why do you, why is that even a question? Like, she's a brand photographer and she does and build the their brand. studio that's a co working space. And then she has this that's going to bring everybody together for that. Like, the last thread to tie it all together. Like a yeah. braid. It's a braid. It's a braid. It's a braid. It is. <laughs> I'm Sadie Harper with Southern Ambition, one of two businesses I own here in the Triangle, providing expert content strategy copywriting and editing services to businesses and authors from web content to LinkedIn profiles, bios, blogs, and business letters. I structure your content to say what you need to say and connect with your clients for authors. I'll make your manuscript submission ready with editing and arc development, then write your query letter. So publishers will listen, elevate your brand and save time and money by hiring a professional writer. Email me to discuss your needs at hello at southernambition-nc.com. A lot of people don't know about Van Raleigh, which is why I want to highlight it so much is because a lot of people don't know about it. For women to know that this resource is out there for them, I think is so important. And to have you be the steward of that, you know, and- And one of the cool things that y'all have been doing through COVID and through the, the George Floyd and the, the racial unrest in the country has been these community chats that you're hosting. 
Yeah. Oh, tell us about that. Oh man. So when, let me tell you again, January, we had big plans for Ben Raleigh and then started looking at implementing things and we were planning workshops and we had like a year's worth of, of classes and stuff that we were planning out and then COVID hit. So I jokingly say, don't ever try and start up a women's um, networking education that is built on meeting in person during a <laughs> pandemic, not a good call. Um, but it was like, okay, well, we can't meet in person. We can't do all the things that we had planned. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is I actually stopped, slowed down, and I took several weeks of just really making the inner structures of Bend Raleigh a lot stronger. We have these community groups that are basically separate groups on Facebook that are industry specific. And the idea is that you can kind of have a home and a place to go and talk to people who are locally within your industry. So we worked on getting these uh, community leaders together. And then we worked on getting an advisory board together. And before the pandemic hit, we were actually able to get in a couple, basically like focus group meetings and really was asking around to see what people wanted. So again, we had like amazing plans for all the things. Then when COVID hit, we're like, okay, so we can't do this in the way that we wanted to. And for those of you who can remember, it feels like years ago, but it was only a couple months when COVID hit every single business in the world was sending out emails and was like coaches here and people here are like, if you don't do this, your business is going to fail. If you don't, you know, do this or you have to do this, or I was literally saying like, you're going to go out of business in a couple weeks if you don't make these big changes. And between that and the stress of what was going on in the world and the kids being home and homeschooling, like it just got to the point that it was so much. I said, I don't want Ben Raleigh to just be another one of those voices that's trying to tell you what you need to do in order to succeed. Love it. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I'm not one that follows the crowd. And I'm like, I'm sick and tired of hearing it. I'm sick and tired of it. I need my own mental capacity right now is so pushed out. Like I can't. Um, If I get one more email from one more business, that's telling me about how much they care about me during the, like, like, fuck off. (laughs) But I really do care. Damn it. I know. (laughs) But there were so many of us that were like, Oh crap. Like, what are we supposed to do? And so, I literally, I got on Facebook live and it was like completely unannounced. And I was like, listen, you guys, I was like, we're all stressed. We're all freaking out. Literally the only thing that you can do is look at your bank account, see how much money is in there for your business and figure out what your overhead is and start subtracting to see how long you're going to last right now. And then it was like, okay, so once you have that reality, what do you do? And then I started a whole bunch of people reached out to me and were like, I just talking again, business advice. Like I can't take any more of that in. And I said, you know what? And said, let's just feed the soul. And one of the things that I said after talking to several of these women who reached out was I miss being able to go to my favorite coffee shop, sit down, have a latte and just talk it out with my girls. And whether that's cry or scream or yell or get angry or laugh or whatever it is. I missed sitting next to other women and being able to openly share and, and talk through things. Yep. That's where the idea for community chats came up with. We just brought different people who had been through different situations. The first week we brought on Cami Kennedy, who is a mindset coach. And then Audrey Pryle, who is the leader for our professional photographers who had mm-hmm. been through a loss. She lost two people within a matter of a couple of weeks in her family, one to COVID and just kind of talk through those hard things. And then the next week it was like, well, where, what are you doing for yourself? Like, how are you taking care of yourself? And it was really more of a self-reflection and it was just a whole bunch of us getting together on a call. We streamed it to Facebook. And the idea was, is that if we can put a smile on one person's face and say, Hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, just keep hanging on. That's what we were going to do. So we did that for like four weeks. And then (laughs) 
progress. I've been telling you in this world today, you never know what's going to happen in a couple days and a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the death of George Floyd, I think it was like that Friday, I literally put out a thing to the advisory board and I said, you guys, I usually stay out of anything that's controversial. And this is before like the world blew up. And I said, I can't get on the phone. Uh, I can't get on the zoom call on Tuesday and talk about COVID being the hard thing because it's not right. And I said, so I'm going to rock the boat super hard here. Hold on. But we're going to talk about racism, white privilege, and what you can do to be a part of a part of the solution. And they're like, okay, Amber, we support you. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> I started reaching out to friends and other members of Ben Raleigh because historically Ben Raleigh has been, there's not a lot of diversity mm-hmm. and it was never an intentional thing. But if you look, there's just an overall lack of diversity of not only, we talked about the number of people that we have in the black community that are part of Ben Raleigh or the people that are part of the LGBTQ community that are in Ben Raleigh. And those numbers were so limited. And I was like, it's time to talk about these things because this is the hard Mm -hmm. stuff going on. So that first Tuesday for community chats, we were actually going to talk about, like I said, racism, white privilege, those things. But then it was also blackout Tuesday. So we said, just kidding. We're going to put this on pause. Um, So we came back later the following week and said, all right, let's, let's talk through this and see what this means. So the last couple of weeks, we've had some amazing members of the community come in and basically talk through what they've been feeling as black women in the world, black women, business owners and the struggles that they're feeling. But also the really cool part was, is that we took questions from the Ben Raleigh community. And a lot of these were questions that white women were scared to ask. Like, you know, one of the questions that came up was the two women were talking about, don't ever ask a black woman to touch her hair. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, well, can I ask like why if my kid asks? We got into these really interesting, really um, <laughs> good conversations that people would never want to have or, or wouldn't know where to start. The idea is um, that I said a lot of good can come out of it if you're just willing to have an open and honest conversation. If you're willing to be yeah. vulnerable, mm-hmm. if you're willing to be told that, you know, hey, you are so wrong, you are so out of your league, your mindset is not in the right place, a lot of good can come out of it. So the community chats within two months that we've been doing them have changed drastically, but all serve the purpose of just serving the heart of our community and just being real and having real open, honest conversations about things. So that's a really long winded version, but yeah, those are community chats. <laughs> I love it. I well, love and it. that's like, so like bringing up the, but if my kid asks if I can touch your hair, when like would, wouldn't like to me, my natural response to my child is, would you ask a white woman if you could go and touch her head? Like you wouldn't. So you can't ask that child. The answer that came out of that was in the first week, there was a discussion of like children and, and that age of innocence where they right. point out things. And it came from the, please don't tell me that you don't see color because your child goes and looks under the stall in the bathroom and goes, mommy, that woman has black feet. Mm-hmm. And so which Amber Robinson said, yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. I have black feet. You can call me out on that. Like your feet are white. My feet are black. Yes. Mm-hmm. If your child sees color, you see color as well. But then that, that it progressed talking about like what's appropriate to say versus what's not appropriate to say. And I don't even remember how, but one of the girls said something about, you know, people asking to touch her hair. Somebody reached out and said after the community chat and said, hey, can I ask a follow up question to this? Like, what would you say to your child if they asked that? We, we talked about it and the girls, the best 
thing that I heard from them say is that that's your personal space. You wouldn't ask anybody else to touch their hair or to touch their face. So why do you think that it's okay to ask, you know, those questions? So it just came down to a matter of when you explain your child that that's their personal space and you have your personal space. And how would you feel if somebody came up and started touching your head out of the blue? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that there's a difference too, between like a, like a kinship relationship, right? Where you have a close relationship with somebody who is not the same color. Well, it's kind of like when you're pregnant. Oh, um, your friends can touch you your belly. No, but it is like I used to walk around. So when I worked in the hospitals, I worked in a in a very very diverse community, and there was a lot of women from West Africa, and the mm-hmm. Caribbean, and India, where personal space is different. Yeah. And I and culturally, I get that. I get that, but don't touch me. <laughs> Apparently, my RBF was not strong enough. <laughs> And they would literally, like, I would walk around holding file folders in front of my person. And then the only time that they would get away with it was when I was in the cafeteria because I'd be holding a tray and I didn't have any way to block it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although you'd think the tray would block it, right? Right. So, like, it's that same concept, though, right? Like, you don't, it is that personal space conversation Mm -hmm. that you should have. But I think there is something to be said for, like, if you do have a close friend who is... Of another, like, and it goes the same, I think it goes both ways, right? If my friend's black child wanted to come up to me and be like, hey, can I touch your blue hair? I'd be like, sure, go ahead. It's mm-hmm. not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> go, let's, let's go see yeah, what it feels like. Exactly what the discussion was, is that the whole scenario we, we played out was if you're in a Target bathroom with your child and... <laughs> The question is asked, oh, we know the comment is made, oh, that person has black feet. Yes, you acknowledge it. Yes. And if that same child, then they walk out of the bathroom and they're washing their hands and they say, oh, wow, her hair is really pretty. Can I touch her hair? You say to the child, like, hey, that's their personal space. That's Mm -hmm. not appropriate. You don't ask people to enter their personal space. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they said, you know, that opens up the opportunity that if that person felt comfortable because they see the innocence of a child and say they recognize that. Then I think it was Amber said that as, as a mama, she's like, if I had a little white child ask me that in a bathroom, that they're a little child and they, they don't right. understand these things. She said, I would take that opportunity. I'd give mom a quick look, ask her if it was okay and have that opportunity to have that learning experience yeah. with the right. child. Absolutely. I mean, cause who knows what can come out of that, but well, we don't touch other people in bathrooms. <laughs> like my, my infection <laughs> control spidey anymore. sense is like literally like, can we go leave the bathroom and wash our hands? You're and so funny. like I, but so I do have a question for this. So like, have you noticed, cause I've noticed in some of the other community groups where there's been a lot of back and forth conversations about supporting black and person of color owned businesses during this time versus like, well, shouldn't you just support a business because they are good I, at what they do? So how can is- I interject with that? Oh yeah, sorry. I asked that yep. I'm a chamber ambassador. When everything happened, I asked for that. I was like, is the chamber going to publish a list of black owned businesses that we can choose to support? Like that, it would right. is a resource that I would like to have. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. And it's one of these things where everybody's doing the best they can, trying to navigate and figure out, and it's this whole let's meet and let's talk about it and let's and I'm like okay but can I still get my list (laughs) but like there was so there's a a very large networking a women's networking group on Facebook in our community and they it was started by a black woman oh yeah I think I saw that friend now that you said there was right so there was several 
And it was like six o'clock on a Saturday morning. And it was like one of those things you have and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like what happens? Karen, mm-hmm. Becky, yeah, whoever you are, like it is not your job. I feel bad for all the Karens. Out I know there. I do too. <laughs> and the the Beckys. Beckys. They're like, I'm changing my name immediately. Right. <laughs> and the, like it, but seriously, like you do not. And, and it started with, well, because my last question apparently offended people, can I ask why it was so offensive? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, the question was, why do we support, why do we have to ask about BPOC and POC on business? And I'm like, yeah. all right, like deep breath, but six o'clock on a Saturday morning, you want to start this conversation, right? So like with Vendrali and with your other ventures, are you um, seeing similar conversations or are you just making the subject known? So twofold, actually, it's interesting that you asked that question because guess what our community chat topic is in two weeks? What is it? It is how to support and collaborate black women in business. There you go. (laughs) So actually I came up with like, it's like long name, this long name, we're working on what it's actually going to be. But the (laughs) idea is I'm a wordy person. The idea is that the call, we're going to have several women from the community Um, black women and talk about one, what are some of the struggles that they have experienced in their own business that someone who is not a person of color would typically not come across. Mm -hmm. So for instance, one of the things that I've heard numerous times was that black women are scared to be the face of their own business. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. you doing personal branding, like they're literally saying that, you know, in the business that I'm in, being a black woman is not viewed as professional because if I show up as the face of my business and they're comparing me to the business beside me, that's a white male, they're going to go to him. Yeah. And I had um, that conversation with a brand new client two weeks ago. Well, and, and that was, she took her picture down off of her about me page. Cause I do a quick yeah. audit. And that was the, that was my comment. I was like, Hey, you're yeah. not on here. What, what you need your picture here. And she's like, well, I just took it down. Well, and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Amber, were you there for the launch? The first one where Dr. Tara was talking and that was what she shared is her experience of we don't. Yeah, that's exactly what she said. And I was like, oh, like mind blown. I was like, you just took it down. Yes. Yes. Sorry. So you're saying one of them and like stories like that kill me like as someone who is the face of my business, like I said, you know, the reason why a lot of people succeed in business is because you are that special part of your business. The idea that somebody is afraid to show up genuinely and authentically as themselves just because of that is killer. But a mm-hmm. lot of white people don't, don't ever comprehend or, or think about things like that. They right. just take it for up. granted because it's their privilege and they, what's yeah, that invisible. Exactly. Yeah. So we were going to talk about like those things and then how um, minority owned businesses typically have a hard time with funding, which is a lot of people are like, oh no, no, they always get all these extra special grants and things. And we're like, yeah, there's special ones because they're so exactly because the bank will give them a worse interest rate or like, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Redlining Um, is a thing, people. Redlining is a thing. Stop. It's not a conspiracy. It's not like. Well, and I love Amber that you're having these conversations and creating that safe space to do it. Because what I'm noticing is people are saying 
they're creating a safe space. But then when people ask questions and literally asking questions because they want to improve, they want to do better, they're met with adversity or they're met with, I can't believe that you're asking this question. How do you not get this already? Yes. Yes. When you're genuinely interested, it shuts it down. And there are several, and I find that a lot in the social media. There are some groups that say that they are open to these conversations, but then the, the, the protest police, as I call them, show up and are like, you can't ask that question of her. She doesn't have to answer that of you. And I'm like, yeah, but it was just a question. And then you have the, the other people that are like, no, y'all white girls stand down. This other white girl has a question and I'm going to answer it because she's approaching it in a respectful manner. Like, we're like, it's, it's so hard to have some of those conversations. It absolutely is. is. And the hard thing that I, the hard things, like the things that I considered first going into it was in my own personal life, my personal life has always been diverse and we're not just talking about different races and religions, but you know, gender identity and like that to me has always been normal. Like my inner circles have always been diverse. And I guess it's something that I've taken for granted. And we've always had discussions, you know, the quote hard discussions are discussions that I've always had with my friends growing up. Like I said, I remember very distinctly a friend of mine in middle school, we were literally sitting there at the, the cafeteria table talking and she had made the decision to no longer wear her hijab. And I asked her about it and I said, and I was so honest with her and I said, I don't know enough about your religion to know why that's a big deal and the controversy that surrounds it. I said, would you mind sharing with me? And she laughed and she says, as long as you're willing to share more about Jesus with me. And I said, let's go girl. Yes. <laughs> I love that response. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, when you come from a place of like, and it's easier to do that as a child. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you're an adult, that's when people start judging you because it's like, you've spent your entire life all the way till your adulthood being ignorant and not knowing these things. Like we're glad that you're stepping up now but at the same time, the people in the black community are tired. They're right, exhausted. Right. They're yes. And so to ask people in the black community to step up and school you on what you should have already schooled yourself on your entire life mm-hmm. is exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I think where we have lucked out is the women that I reached out to are, are dear friends. And then just women that I connected with and said, Hey, are you willing to hop on with this? But like Kristen Cook, who was on the call, I grew up with Kristen and I laughingly say like, we love having good conversations now, but like she was quite a few years older than me. And I was the bane of her existence growing up because we went <laughs> together and like, I was that annoying child that she always wanted to drop kick. And I mean, we had this love hate relationship. We still love each other. But when all this stuff started happening, I'm like, Kristen, I said, would you be willing to do this? You're a fierce advocate for the black community for, she has her own company, which is an advocate for children with special needs in the school systems. And she's also a fierce advocate for the LGBTQ community. And I'm like, I know you're exhausted, but would you be willing? And she was fired up about it. And she said, the idea that I can get on a call that can reach hundreds and hundreds of people that can make them potentially consider something different in their lives or rethink the way that they say things or do things. She's like, if I can do that and I can make an impact, she's like, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. But you, I think the other thing in our community is that people have been super respectful of that, of being going and having the people that are open and honest and are ready to have the discussion. And there are some people in the black community that are like, 
I don't, I don't have the mental capacity right. to do this and they need to protect their own hearts for yep. their own well-being. And it's not their job. Yep. It's not their job to educate you. Like my husband jokes, he says that I have watched more movies. Cause again, I don't read, sorry. Um, <laughs> I have watched more movies about injustice in the black community and in the last two weeks than I think I've ever watched in my entire life. Like thank mm-hmm. you to Hulu and Netflix. And yes. Amazon. Yep. Yes. So yep. Everybody to watch. But being at home, I literally sit there in like in my couch or on my bed with my laptop and my lap and I put them on in the background. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't retain 100 percent, even if I'm retaining 80 percent of it while I'm working, like that's something. And the things that I've learned is crazy. Or for those of you who are local here to Holly Springs, there's a group called Impact Holly Springs that was started by Chanel Wilkins. She was on our community chat the last two weeks. But that's another group that they're just so open and honest and there's no judgment. People are asking questions. People are sharing resources. And like, that's truly what makes this change mm-hmm. and what brings about a better future for everyone involved. And there's yeah. a lot of hard discussions that are going on, just trying to navigate those and figure them out. But having a safe place to do that is, is key because there are a lot of people who are embarrassed. I mean, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know a lot of the stuff that I, right. I've read. Right. Yep. 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 And I consider myself a very well-educated person when it comes to the history of diversity. Mm-hmm. I'm literally looking at these things and I'm like, how did I not know this? Right. right. Because our history has been whitewashed. Right. right. And it's, but that no. was where I had that moment when the, the, I had that moment when I started looking deeper into, somebody said something that I was like, oh, I'm going to learn the history of the police in this country. And then I went back and, and I was like, holy fuck. Like now I'm like, the language is wrong, right? Like I don't agree with the language of saying defund the police, but I, I absolutely am 100% on board with like, Hey, let's restructure things mm-hmm. because yeah. this is so steeped in not goodness of this. <laughs> like we can keep going on and on. We got to stop. Right. To your point, it's about like, you can consider yourself well-educated and still learn yeah, yeah, a hell of a lot more. Can. Yeah, always we can, can always learn and grow. Yeah. I think so, this also comes to every, I think this kind of comes back and speaks to everything. And this is why I'm so passionate about education. You know, going back to photography, like I taught photography in the college realm for many years. And I even learned new things mm-hmm. teaching an intro to photography course because I dived in so deep to these crazy off topics. Yep. And it was like, sometimes kids would ask me a question and I'd say, you know what? I don't know the answer. But there was no shame in me saying, I'm the teacher and I don't know the answer, but let's figure it out together. Um, And the same thing in the business community. It doesn't matter whether you've been in business for 10 years or 10 months. The person that's been in 10 months still probably has something to teach the person that's been in it for 10 years. Totally. That's what I love about mentoring. Yes. Yes. When you open yourself up to be vulnerable, to be accepting of criticism and be accepting and open to change, like you can literally change your life and the life of others around you. And that's why I'm super passionate about everything that we're doing with Ben Raleigh and having the community with the studio 557, what that's going to create. But I love it, Amber. Beautifully said. That's a beautiful, like, beautiful end point. Yes, exactly. You know, like beautifully (laughs) said. Right. We love what you're doing and love that you're having these great conversations. On Girls Who Do Stuff, we do this thing called lightning round. So we rapid fire you questions. I will rapid fire you questions. Oh, no. Sarah's walking away. And and then first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, gosh, I'm an overthinker. You're going to put me on the spot. All right. So what's your number one favorite book? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, is it a joke? Yeah, that was a joke. That's just on our list. So, um, oh, Laura Casey, I'm obsessed with her. So both of her books. Oh, and she has two. So there's two. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. What is the best advice you've ever been told? Oh my gosh, this so puts me on the spot. I would say my dad always has given me the best advice of my life. And he's always told me to go chase my dreams, do what I love and just keep following the passions and the rest will kind of fall into place. I love that. All right. What's the number one thing on your bucket list? Oh my gosh. Someday I'm going to do it. My husband and I have said we're going to Santorini, Greece. It's my big bucket list. Oh, I love that. I Um, love Greek Greek culture. I'm going. Do it. Do you have a favorite quote? I have lots of them. I could probably pull one up for you, but not in a lightning right. round. Never mind. Uh, what is someone that no one knows about you? And you cannot say that you like tore your ACL and had to have surgery. I'm just saying. No, I've what never, is- I've never actually had any surgeries other than my wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, I know this one is something no one pretty much knows about me. Um, when I was in high school, I was in Miss Teen, North Carolina. <gasps> what? What? Yeah. That's Wore cool. the high heels and the swimsuit across stage when I was, uh, I think it was a sophomore or junior. And what year was that? So we can go pull up the pictures to add with you. And my little button, you know, my little number. I did it for one time just because I thought it would be funny and fun. And I entered and I actually got in the top 100. So I was on the stage with all the women in the Miss. Yep. I'm going to need those pictures to add to the social media post. So we can make sure that this goes. (laughs) Yes. All right. And what's next for you? Oh my, trying to finish 2020. All right. Yes. That's an acceptable answer. All right, my darling. Thank you. How can people find you? Because they're going to love you and they want to find you. How can they find you? Okay, so all of the things. The easiest one is uh, Vendrali is at Vendrali on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We jokingly say I don't do the Twitter because I don't like to be confined to a number of characters. Yes, girl. I don't, That's my yeah, creativity. I don't get the Twitter. Um, for my photography, you can find me at Amber Foster Smith Photography on Facebook. It's AmberFosterSmith.com. On Instagram, it's just Amber Foster Smith. When you have a last name of Smith, you have to keep your maiden name in there. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, <laughs> right? And the last one is for the new studio. It is the Studio Five Five Seven, and that's on Instagram and Facebook and the Studio Five Five Seven dot com. I'm super excited. We should be opening up in the fall. Memberships are going to open up in the end of July, beginning of August. So lots of things going on. So yeah, feel free to follow along if you want to be a part of the crazy. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much. Thanks, all right. Guys. This was fun. I enjoyed hanging out with y'all. This Us was too. super fun. All right. So thank y'all for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Go rate us and review us. That helps other people find us. I am Sarah Madras. And I am Jenny Midgley. And you, you do, do you, boo. boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 